Lightcasting Network. I don't ever think we have it figured out. I think we're just always constantly evolving and changing and growing. And I think that's the beautiful part of the human experience that we get to. Like we get to do that. And I think it's, I think it's great. And I almost feel as if, if you're not doing all those things, if you're not constantly evolving or pivoting or shifting, then you're kind of like staying stagnant in a way, you know, like you're kind of like blocking your energy. There comes a time on your soul journey where you are called home to your true self. In answering this call, you are part of a powerful collective shift towards deeper understanding and expansion. You are part of something bigger than yourself. You are in the stage of growth known as enlightenedhood. I'm Lena Lemos, your host and founder of House of Enlightenedhood. I'm here to help you heal and remember the depths of your soul as you step into who you were always meant to be. Spirituality should be as simple as coming home to yourself and tuning into your heart. And on this podcast, I provide you with channeled wisdom and tangible tools to incorporate into your soul exploration. If you're inspired by today's episode, please leave a review, subscribe to the show, and share this episode on Instagram. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you beautiful souls, and happy Monday. I don't know if it's Mercury retrograde or whatever collective purging fog that I'm in, but my brain and my mouth are not cooperating today. So this intro is going to be short and sweet Just to give you an idea of what I'm working with, you know that episode of Friends where Phoebe's trying to teach Joey French and he can repeat the little pieces of the word, but then in a fluid stream, it's just complete nonsense. (laughs) That's what feels like is coming out of my mouth today. Plus, I brought my desk chair back in because I had this big orange comfy chair for such a long time and... This new, well, new old chair is squeaky and it spins too much and it's just adding to to the chaos going on in my brain. There's also chaos happening on my desk chair. I digress. On today's episode, I am talking to my dear friend, Christine McGlinchey-Yap. Christine is an author, conscious communicator, and the mindful mama behind Om Mamas, a community dedicated to conscious parenting. With over a decade of experience in corporate communications, she has transitioned her leadership skills into providing women with guidance into stepping into their journey to motherhood. With loyal advocacy, she supports and encourages women to claim their power and own their motherhood experience by making choices that align with their mind, body, and spirit. She believes women have the potential to birth a more loving world when they become more caring, empowered, and conscious themselves. Her first book, Mantras, Mantras for the Mindful Mom, is available on Amazon. Christine and I today are talking about the power of our words, the power of intention. Are we overlooking these spiritual tools that we may designate as too simple, too beginner, but are they really the most potent and powerful that we can have in our toolbox? We're also talking about owning our narrative and what it means to live more consciously and intentionally and taking back control of our bodies, 
our mind, and our soul. All of this with Christine and more right after this. One of the biggest reasons I began to tiptoe out of the spiritual closet was I felt so lonely. I didn't have anyone in my life to discuss these soul level changes that happened when motherhood reawakened me. And that's why I feel so passionate about community and the ways finding soul family can forever change us. If you're looking to find your people and discover spiritual wisdom and guidance in a safe and private space that is off of social media, we invite you to join our free community, The Garden. It's time to grow with us at garden.enlightenedhood.com or text GARDEN to 31996 for the link sent straight to your phone. Can't wait to see you inside. I have been thinking a lot about intention and words, and I knew that we'd be talking today, and I just finished the emotion codes, which you had recommended to me earlier this year, and it got me thinking about healing modalities and what we kind of believe to be true, the best way to heal, and it really made me realize when I started thinking about like what makes a certain healing modality better than another one, whether it's Reiki or it's pranic healing or it's the emotion codes. And I think it comes down truly to intention and the belief that you have the power to do that. And that's what truly makes these modalities powerful. And it goes into you and your book of mantras, because I really do think that words are so powerful and intentions are powerful and mantras and affirmations. And that's my, that's my declaration of that. I think that that's the most important part to to this healing and this work that we can do to help, whether it's heal others, heal ourselves, understand more about our own energy field. I think it's truly our own intention and power. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it is um, a beautiful synergy between the creator and the experiencer, if yeah. that's a word, which I may <laughs> it is now. just coin. Okay. <laughs> um, because really like the energy of what's being created. So like the healing modality that is being created and presented and the person who experiences it and making sure that the person who experiences it is open to receiving and to taking on its full benefits. And, you know, knowing that a modality is not a one size fits all approach either. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're really called to modalities that resonate with us and that we align with. And for me, I've always practiced mantras and positive affirmations as part of my self-care routine, as part of my daily, my daily practice. And stepping into motherhood, it was just such a natural fit for me to then gear all of these mantras and affirmations into ones that would support me throughout my motherhood journey. And so I really poured so much energy and intention into this book and just loving and healing energy because I really needed it. Like I was saying the worst things about myself. Mm. And it's funny how we can do that as women and as mothers, uh, when we're feeling like pressured or when we're feeling, um, overwhelmed, how our thoughts immediately just 
go to the darkest corners of our minds and we tell ourselves that we're failures and we're not good enough Mm -hmm. and that, you know, all these things, all these limiting beliefs start resurrecting. Yes. So, you know, with this book, I really found that shifting my mindset and reframing what I was telling myself was really a supportive practice. And so in the book, there's 50 different mantras, each of them um, ranging and talking about um, different um, kind of topics and areas of motherhood, you know, from self-worth, self-love, just patience, gratitude, you know, honoring your journey, your child's journey. And I really found that to be a powerful um, shift of in consciousness. And that's what I really aspire for it to be when people read it. And I think it absolutely is. And one thing that I was thinking about while you were saying that is I had this false notion early on in my spiritual journey that there was almost this ladder and that if you went from beginner to more advanced and as you went up the ladder to more powerful, that like affirmations and mantras were at the bottom. Like that was the beginner. If you're learning to shift your consciousness, that's at the bottom. And something like Reiki, you know, opening your third eye as you go farther up is more powerful and potent for your evolution. And what I have found personally this year is the thing that has transformed my thoughts about myself the most has literally been looking in the mirror and saying, I love you to myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it just changed everything I thought I knew about what it meant to evolve and unlearn and shift your consciousness. Mm-hmm. So I think the way you present these mantras in the book and then the page that you have to go with them is just so beautiful and perfectly, you know, approachable and digestible. And mm-hmm. I, I know myself that I have definitely overlooked the power of the words and I'm kind of circling back now, you know, like with mm-hmm. my own book being out there and really figuring that it's, it's all about our intention and our, in our thoughts and our words. And like, we think in, we think in words, we say words to ourselves, whether it's mm-hmm. out loud or, you know, in our heads. And mm-hmm. it's just such a, it's, I, I think I already said this, but really the most overlooked tool of our spiritual practice, I would argue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we, as we evolve and we transcend, we often, um, we forget to like how the simple little things like taking a deep breath and going outside and adjusting our phrases. We kind of like think that self-care or that personal growth needs to look so much bigger. Like it has to be the retreat or it has to be like that intense um, detox or the steam. And, um, you know, these are really, really beautiful, simple ways that just carry us throughout our days and just leave the most impressions with us because that's what really plants the seeds for our growth down the line. Tell me more about how you started incorporating mantras into your own practice and Hmm. what led you to a spiritual practice to even begin with. So I would say uh, throughout my professional career is when I really picked up an affirmation and mantra practice. And that was because I was miserable, to be completely honest with you. (laughs) And I felt like the only way for me to even get through my days was to 
hold on to these phrases and just to remind myself like, okay, like you're holding on to like this, this beauty in like this dark world. Right. And it really helped me, you know, it really helped me get through the days. It made the days much easier to digest and it put my state of mind in like, uh, it kept me at high vibrational frequencies whenever like I was at work and my spiritual journey really started in, I would say my mid to late twenties. And well, really like, I feel like everyone probably has like a moment that just jars them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that, like one, like slap me in the face moment where it's like, all right, you know, you got to get your shit together. Yeah. And for me, that was when my father passed away. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was right before my 25th birthday. And I was just looking around at my life saying like, how the hell did I get here? And it was just one of those moments that just wakes you up and makes you want to take back the control. And so ever since then, I'd really set off on getting to know myself, getting to a place where I recognized who I was again, because I felt like I was just so lost. And, and then motherhood really brought that moment full circle to me. And we've talked about this before, you know, in our conversations, how, you know, motherhood just rips you open and it takes everything from you and it gives everything to you in so many beautiful ways. And so motherhood really completed that circle of transformation for me that I started in my mid twenties. And it was just a beautiful eye opening experience. And I could tell you like, today where I stand, I've never felt more like me than I have in my whole entire life. So I'm super mm-hmm. grateful for that mm-hmm. journey. I have chills in my legs. <laughs> <laughs> so when did, and was it when you were pregnant or after you gave birth that you started Own Mamas? So I started the community when I was pregnant mm-hmm. and that That's really was, yeah, that for me was a way to express myself and share kind of what I was going through because I was having a hard time, like explaining it myself and yeah. you, you can relate. Yeah. And as I was looking for resources for myself, I really wanted to go like natural. I wanted to have as much of a holistic pregnancy as I could. And I found it to be like really hard to find resources or like people like me who share the same values. Um, So I I created that community. Um, And it's really meant to be a space to empower, uplift women and really encourage women to own their experience as a mother, no matter how that looks. Mm -hmm. Because there's just so much shame and so much guilt that comes with motherhood. It's crazy. And, you know, I just want all women to know that their pregnancy doesn't have to look a certain way. Their parenting doesn't have to look a certain way. And their lives don't have to look a certain way just because you're labeled a mother. Yes. Amen. Shout it from the rooftop. That's, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of my life missions to, to make sure that mm-hmm. everyone understands that. And before we were talking about sovereignty, and I think sovereignty kind of goes hand in hand with understanding that and like how powerful our role as mothers. And even mm-hmm. if you're a parent or not, and or you're in a leadership position to a younger child, or you're just influencing other people with the way that you show up in the world. I think we forget how much power we have to to show mm-hmm. up and to be our best self. And 
there's, it's so important to understand and like take a really good look at why we feel that shame and that guilt. And it most likely comes from someone told us to believe it Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. ourselves. And my, I think my biggest transformation personally came when I, when I released so much of that guilt and shame around my femininity and pregnancy, which I was still carrying with me. And my daughter was probably like a year old until the point I was like, okay, this is enough. Like we have to figure out why, why we're still holding on to this, but it's because like, it just starts as a seed and it roots so deep of the guilt and the shame. And the, I mean, we were talking earlier too, about like the, the indoctrination we have in our society and whether it's media or, you know, our healthcare system, we're, we're taught to believe that there's one right way to do that. And if you don't that like you're crazy or you're, mm-hmm. you know, a a crunchy mom or all the really mean names they call, especially mothers of like just wanting to show up to be the best for their children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember when I was telling, um, you know, my community, my family, my friends that I wanted to have a natural uh, childbirth with no medication. No one believed me. And like, everyone was like, what? Like everyone looked at me like I was nuts. Like I would say 98% of the women that I knew or would come in contact with me were like shocked. And like some people didn't even know that it was possible. Like people, some women didn't even know that it was possible to have an unmedicated birth. And I realized in my own life, how I viewed pregnancy and pregnant women, I barely knew anything about pregnancy until I was actually pregnant, you know? And I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, our society as women, we're not even taught. We don't even learn about our bodies. We don't know anything about our bodies, but no one teaches us. No one shows us. No one tells us that it's okay. Like it, you know, like we are kept from our bodies mm-hmm. and throughout the birthing experience, it's the same process. It's the same turnkey medical procedure process yes. instead of like the holding space of the two souls who are going to be transforming and changing and altering each other's lives completely. And that was really illuminated for me. I was like, I felt shame about myself. Like, how could you not know enough about your body? How did you not know that this was possible? And then in speaking to the other women, I'm like, oh my God, but none of us, (laughs) like none of us know about our bodies. And that for me, it was really alarming and it was scary and it was sad. I felt sad. I've had to release a lot of sadness about it, but you said something that we've been kept from our bodies. And that was just like a brain explosion because you're absolutely (laughs) right. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, we're not even taught about our bodies. We're not taught to listen to them, to understand them, Mm -hmm. to like be present in them. Like Mm -hmm. we're instantly taught that we have to fit a certain narrative and that our whole like present moment is in search of upholding that. Mm hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I really do. I really do think that there's a shift and that more people are going to be seeking holistic alternatives and, you know, techniques and going back to the sacred ways of motherhood and of mindful parenting, conscious parenting. I really do feel like there's a movement um, starting to occur and people are really awakening to that. I think so, too. I saw a post the other day and I don't it was it was talking about vaccines and not that Mm -hmm. I ever feel like having a vaccine discussion, but 
it, the, what it said was basically why are we believing companies that make money that are like purely for the intention of making the most money possible versus like the mothers who are trying to show up to help mm-hmm. their children and like just want to do mm-hmm. the best by by these humans. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, it's so true. Like we we're we're shaming these women who are trying to speak up and like create better practices and better health opportunities for their children mm-hmm. and we're they're being yeah. shamed and it, it's it's not just about vaccines it's about so many different things whether it's a natural birth whether it's about mm-hmm. you know everything and yeah. I think as as a mother that's something that gives me a lot of anxiety a lot of the time mm-hmm. you know feeling like that we kind of are forced into this system without even questioning and mm-hmm wanting to do the best for this human who chose you to to lead them and to guide them. But it does give me hope that there are so many women, especially who, who are awakening to their own power and who are choosing to be sovereign and do their own research and make the best decisions for their family because it's their truth. And that gives me hope. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about how, how did the book come to be? Was it something that was requested by your community? Did you just feel inspired because it had helped you so much? Tell me about the the creative process that went into mantras. Sure. So I felt really called. I just felt really called to put this book together and I released it and self-published on Amazon in August. And it was... It was something that I was working on, I guess, since the beginning of the year, but the need for it or like the urgency within me to really finish it um, came, you know, I guess with everything that happened this year and everything that was illuminated for so many families, um, I just felt like the need for it in the collective stronger than ever. So I really spent like a month cultivating and um, getting everything together. And I published it in August and it's been amazing. I've sold over 200 copies and, you know, women from all over the world, like message me on my community and like share, um, you know, their stories, which is like really beautiful because I'm sure that you can relate. Like when you publish your book, it's like, you just, you know, you kind of do something and I kind of released it without any expectation. Um, and then just receiving that kind of energy and like having people message you and say like, oh my gosh, like I opened your book today. It was exactly what I needed or like your book gets me through the day. And like all of these beautiful messages is like more than I could have ever dreamed of or imagined. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there was a lot of like when I released the book, of course, I'm sure you can relate too. like there's a lot of kind of fear of like rejection or like, Oh, how about if no one likes this book? So it was, it's like, it's kind of nice and like validating when people are, when you're like, Oh, okay. Like people actually like it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. I, the fear, (laughs) the fear is real. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Especially when not that mindfulness and spirituality aren't becoming more widely accepted and people are understanding the the value and the importance of having a practice but 
I don't know about you, but I'm still like shedding those old versions, like high school versions of me. So showing up as this person who's like openly talking about spirituality and femininity and how the patriarchy has fucked us over, like that's really vulnerable. And to show up as that person and put it out to the world is is Mm -hmm. really terrifying. And I think it takes a lot of courage to just put yourself out there without much expectation and be like, this is me healing and I hope that it heals you too. And I, and I think that's a beautiful energy exchange. And I think that's, what's helped me with my fear is just knowing that it was with the highest intention of light and wisdom and helping others. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, there's nothing braver than being yourself, especially in this world where it's so easy to be someone else. Yeah. So I think 2020 has shed a lot of that kind of doubt and that that work for a lot of people and I think a lot of people are are starting to feel better about who they are and you know really sharing that I we were talking about something before that I think is important to mention it kind of goes with everything that we are talking about is the this idea that we can be all of those versions of ourselves Mm -hmm. and we can Mm -hmm. have it all and we don't have to choose because I think like you said about how it's so brave to just be yourself. But I think in even being ourselves, we still kind of, I don't know, even me, especially, I feel like I have to show up as a specific version of myself, like one facet of it and kind of have to leave the rest. But something my guides keep telling me is like, you can have it all. You can be it all. Just show up and do it. Like you don't have to fit one definition or in this certain slot. And I think like you said before about moms, like you don't have to look a certain way or parent a certain way as a, as a mom. And I think spirituality is that beautiful thing. And I was actually thinking about this before we started talking is how like, it's almost like, I don't have a good example of a video game, but it's almost like a video game where you go and you like unlock certain kingdoms Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. our spiritual practice is like, oh, we're going and activating all these different parts of ourselves mm-hmm. and they all still exist under this umbrella of us and our soul mm-hmm. and we can access them all and have them all and go in between them all and they are all still part of our ourselves and mm-hmm. we don't have to choose to stay in one. And I don't know if that's a good example, but that was the best yeah. way at the time that I was thinking <laughs> of how to describe it because I've struggled so much with like, do I show up as this? This person Mm -hmm. who quit her nine to five job and she's like making changes in the world and showing up as this badass bitch. Or am I this like ethereal, like starry woo woo person who is trying to like create a conversation and shift the human consciousness. But like I can Mm. I can be both and I can also be a mom and I can also be like that really awkward person who's socially awkward and still sits in the corner and talks to people's dogs instead of like being part of the conversation. <laughs> like I can be all of those things. I don't really have to choose one. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate with that so much. And I think a lot of that is society and our parents and conditioning tells us we could only be one thing. It's yeah. like, you're allowed to be one thing and you have to be really great at that one yeah, thing. Choose it well. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and you only have one opportunity to choose that. So I think it's a great reminder, like everything that you just said, that we're expansive and we're limitless and we're not supposed to be confined to a label or one thing. Like we can do whatever it is that we choose to do, whatever it is our souls feel called to do. And that's okay. And, you know, and who cares if our Instagram profile or if our LinkedIn changes every other week? I mean, I think I've probably changed my Instagram bio like every 
two weeks during this process as I figure it out. And you know what? That's perfectly okay with me because I think like, I, I don't ever think we have it figured out. I think we're just always constantly evolving and changing and growing. And I think that's the beautiful part of the human experience that we get to, like we get to do that. And I think it's, I think it's great. And I almost feel as if, if you're not doing all those things, if you're not constantly evolving or pivoting or shifting, then you're kind of like staying stagnant in a way, you know, like you're kind of like blocking your energy. Cause I just think there's just something always new to learn and to become. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just a beautiful part of the evolution of, of our lives and what we get to do as women and as creators and as mothers. Yeah. I also think it's really brave to show that evolution in real time. Yeah. That's something I've kind of had to let go that shame and guilt of and be like, I'm doing this and I'm this, but wait, now I'm doing this and it's slightly different, yeah. but it's still kind of the same, but it's definitely different. And it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just, you know, figuring yeah. it out. And I think everyone is. And that's such a good point that it's, that's what the human experience is, is constantly mm-hmm. evolving and figuring it out along the way. And now we have these platforms like social media where we're kind of projecting that to the world in real time but it's okay right. and I think it's part of the experience like we chose to come here right now and do this like we we knew what we were in for I think I hope right. <laughs> yeah and you know I think it's it's part ego also I feel like we're so critical of ourselves like half the people that like no one knows that we're changing our Instagram bio every True. two seconds like you know like it's part of our own ego like that that look like, oh my God, well, they're going to notice that I'm pivoting. And, and, you know, people don't even, people don't care that much, you know, That's but true. we think that they do. That's true. That's and true. You know, for the people that are following our journey and our stories, I feel like they have, you know, people who follow our community, who've seen it from the beginning and see it grow. I think they feel a sense of pride and like celebration for us Mm -hmm. too. You know, like I could say, I've seen your community shift, evolve, grow, transform. And I'm like, oh, she's doing that now. That's cool. You know, it's like that sense of support, like, oh, and that space for you to be able to make those changes you know, the people who truly believe in you and who will support you will cheer you on yes. every step of the version that you're going into. It's so true. And I think it's all about, you know, that connectedness and yeah. that true support because the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the human shit in the end of like what we're doing tangibly on this planet, I don't know if it matters as much as like the tangible connection between yeah. between other people and the people that we meet on this journey. And you're so right. Like no one actually cares. They're not paying yeah. attention, even though like I have convinced myself that everyone is like, oh my God, what? <laughs> <laughs> this crazy person. But it's true. Like that's our own ego and our fear and our, kind of what you said before, like our own energy keeping us back from evolving. Cause it's like, Oh no, I can just stay this way. Like everything's fine. But am I really like embodying my full, most vibrant self? No, but I'm comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. So tell everyone where they can find your book. You said it's on Amazon. Yes. So my book, Mantras, Mantras for Mindful Moms is available on Amazon. And I will put the description to it in the link in the show notes. And I always, 
I say I always like to end, but this season I haven't really been ending with this, <laughs> but I'm doing it now is wise words for anyone listening who needs that extra encouragement today to stop being complacent and step into their highest self. What are your wise words to end on? My wise words are own your narrative. And I think that goes so well with everything that we talked about today. It's really just like, not being afraid or ashamed of showing up how you want, when you want to, and with who you want to be. And, you know, if you don't own your narrative, someone else is going to own it for you. And I don't think any of us want that for ourselves. So just really be unapologetically who you know yourself to be and who you want to be. Because, you know, like we mentioned, we're limitless beings and we're expansive. and. Yeah, there's no greater reminder than 